0: Hello and welcome to Talking Tent, a podcast about movies and television. I'm Zach. And I'm Irma.
1: Today, we are going to do a fully spoiler-free episode for all of you. We're basically just going to recommend or not slightly discuss a few of the movies and TV shows that we most likely talked about on the Excitometer episode, but have watched that have come out in the last few weeks. And then we are going to do our inaugural Talking Oscars on the heels of the Golden Globe nominations coming out. So there's a lot to talk about on that end. But first, we'll start how we always start, with some marital bliss. What's been up, honey?
0: I don't even know. I feel like I've been so busy. Uh, We saw a lot of friends this weekend, which was nice.
1: Yeah, big friends. There's a lady lunch and at the same time, there was a boy bagel brunch, and then everybody. Yeah, came well, the together. lady lunch
0: was planned months ago, and then some boys decided to glom onto our plans. We
1: had a wonderful time. Uh, let's see what else. We were in New Jersey the weekend before, helping some friends with their new house. Picking out tile. It was a lovely time.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were like the <laughs> child, like just sitting there, like touching things you shouldn't be touching. I was just trying to
1: occupy myself. Yeah. Then we went to a, uh, what was it, like a kitchen bathroom, showroom kind of. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking at $20,000 stoves that I wish I could have.
0: And then you got very depressed.
1: One day. One day I'll have yeah. those wolf. We decided we're a wolf. we're going to be a wolf family, not a Viking family. that was that's the big news yeah that's the big news when you when everybody here subscribed maybe we could get wolf to sponsor (laughs) that's the new goal please subscribe uh tell all your friends uh on the industry talk i just i just mentioned it the golden globe nominations are out but i think we'll talk about that uh to close this podcast when we're doing some talking oscars so let's get right to it i think Uh, Again, no spoilers, so I'm not going to talk about any part of the plots in general, so feel free to listen to this whole thing, and we'll just tell you what we thought about a few of these shows and a few of these movies that we've been watching lately. Sound good? Talking to me? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Okay. Do your thing. start. We're going to start with the TV side, and a strong recommendation from Zach, and I think Irma too, but I fear most of you won't be able to see it because it is on Paramount plus, but if they're still doing a free trial, if you can find, I don't know, maybe you get like a week free. I don't know how it works, but you should do it for a lovely Australian comedy called Colin from accounts. We did discuss it on the excitometer. If you go back, Um, but it is just your classic rom-com. Meet cute. Will they or won't they? But it's Australian, and this it's like, kind.
0: of I've heard that it's like you're the worst compared to that. You know,
1: yeah, not as, not as. Um, I don't want to call it brutal, but like they were way worse. You're the yeah, worst. They yeah, were way yeah. worse. People. These there was just like a dry sense of humor, but it was so funny. All of the side characters were so funny. The people he worked with were hilarious. Uh, An actual fun tidbit, they're actually married, the two leads. Mm-hmm. So they wrote it together and they're they starred in it together. And it's just great.
0: Yeah, I honestly really loved the show. It, I feel like it's a good show to just like have for when you're watching like uh, the curse. Uh, let's put on Colin from Accounts after, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> palate cleanser. Um, and also it has a very, very cute dog. So if for anything. Watch it for the dog.
1: The dog is wonderful. It reminded me of if anybody watched platonic on Apple, but much better. So the show with Seth Rogen and Roseburn,
0: Yes. Yes. Very uh, similar. Actually, you're six, right.
1: Kind of. Kind of. Well, they own a beer. One yeah, the of, brewery. The guy owns a brewery. So that's similar, except those ones, they're, they're not friends in this. They're strangers who meet. But like it had a similar vibe, but Colin from Accounts was so much funnier and just so satisfying. It was great. Highly recommend. Use your Paramount Plus promotions if you can find them. Next, a show I honestly didn't think I was going to watch because the thought of it annoys me. But then we turned it on because we heard it's good and you simply can't turn it off. (laughs) And we watched it so fast. It is the Squid Game Challenge, like the reality show that Netflix made Squid Game into. And the reason why I was against it is because Squid Game was so good, the show, and I felt like this was just a cash grab, bastardizing, really great art to just have people compete. Like It just felt weird. But, man, they did a really good job. They
0: did such a good job. It was so good. I mean, I think it was, like, a bit too long. I think it was 10 episodes. I feel like they could have made it eight episodes. Um, But, yeah, they really, like, focused in on some of the players. And, like, you get attached to these people. And then, like, they die. I mean, that part I didn't <laughs> love. But, no, it was so good.
1: Yeah, the producers of this show should get some major props. They're obviously This was obviously not their first rodeo. Uh, they did a fantastic job, not only recreating the scenes and the setting and the vibe, but like I was, yeah, like Irma said, you get genuinely interested. I think many of the contestants are going to have PTSD from this.
0: <laughs> yeah. This I've this never
1: seen more people cry in my whole <clears throat> life. In anything, there everybody cried. It was insane. Like bawling, uncontrollable, crying because they were so messed up. Uh, anyone that doesn't know, so Squid Game, obviously the fiction they were playing to not be murdered.
0: And win all this
1: money. Right. But like the consequence was murder. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that is brutal. The way they get around it and keep it obviously not equally as consequential, but people were like really you know, emotionally invested because it was four and a half million dollars.
0: Yeah, over. Which is
1: an insane amount of money. So like obviously losing you're going home and you're alive, but you're devastated for losing that amount of money. Uh also some controversy out of this. Apparently, mm. there's been like a lot of the contestants coming out talking about their experience. Yeah. Have you heard any of this? No, I haven't. A the bridge stunt doubles. What? Yeah, the falling was not them. They shuffled them off, dropped people, and then kept going. Or they pre-filmed the falling, and they just said that square is poison, like not the right one, and they were gone. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, that's stupid. I don't like that. Second, I guess, like, yeah, if you're gonna get hurt, you don't want to get sued. I don't know.
1: I also heard that they because it was in a hangar, as we saw Mm -hmm. in like the behind the scenes after it was apparently very cold and people Mm. had like circulation issues and they're suing them for like frostbite and such. Oh God! So a lot of behind the scenes issues, but they're making a season two. So it it didn't devastate the show. Uh, Yeah. Again, I think we recommend it. It was, it was too long, probably two episodes, at least too long. Some of the end was like, it got like parts were frustrating. It wasn't the best show. But it was definitely captivating, and I like couldn't turn it off. We kept being like, all right, we just need to finish this, which is a classic Netflix thing, right? Next show. Now we're getting the three prestige dramas that we talked about that we are very much looking forward to. And we'll start with the most controversial and confusing one. It is the curse mm-hmm. that's on Showtime and Paramount Plus. I think everything on Showtime is on Paramount Plus now. And I, um, you go first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely a frustrating show to watch. Um, you see these characters like doing these things and saying these things and you're just like, oh my God, like what is wrong with you? But a part of it, at least like, I think Emma Stone's character does feel quite realistic. I mean, it is like hammed up a bit here and there, but I feel like we all kind of, it's just like. It's a commentary on, like, people who are performative and, you know, really want to be liked, which is like everyone, you know? I mean, we all kind of have our different personalities that we do when we're with different people, you know? Like, And so it's just, like, funny to see it, like, portrayed on a TV show. And I think it's done very well. I mean, it's extremely cringy and hard to watch at times. Um, But in general, it is a good show about what it's trying to say. I just kind of hate watching it sometimes.
1: So full disclosure, we are one episode behind. So when you're hearing this, we haven't watched the latest episode. But if you've been listening to me, I've been very excited for it. The Softies and Nathan Fielder, I couldn't think of like a better team to do something. Unfortunately, I don't think they thought of enough plot. So they thought of three characters, which are very compelling, I think. And then they thought of an idea. And then for four episodes, really nothing has happened.
0: Yeah. So
1: like the pilot was the pilot and then the last three or I think, yeah, are just like kind of expanding on the exact same thing. It's like nothing has happened. And when we talked about it after the pilot, I was like, well, I think the show is going to fall apart pretty quickly because that's just not interesting. (laughs) Like we get it. We got it. First episode, we get the concept. Let's move on. And they haven't. So maybe they start to.
0: Well, the last episode we watched, the show that they were producing just got picked up. Yeah, so the show's
1: like actually happening. So
0: maybe that's what the rest of the episodes are going to be focusing on is like. You know, again, the performing in front of the camera, the performing to act like good people, um, that they're like doing this for good and accept that they're actually doing it for fame and doing it for clout. And even like I think we have one episode, Emma Stone, like they have like a funny moment and then she wants to get it on camera. Like, you yeah, know, like yeah, for the, the Instagram thing. That was brutal. It was so brutal, <laughs> yeah. but like, you know, people do that, Oh yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's just hard. Like it really is like, and the mirror houses, you know, they're just reflecting back on us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely clever. I just wish a little bit more was happening. Well, it like shitty Joanna Gaines and chip are like, it's just not that interesting. Like Did we, you just say shitty? Shitty Joanna Gaines. Yeah. Are like, you
0: calling them? Yeah.
1: Like if like the All right, these Joanna
0: Gaines is not shitty.
1: No, I th- they're, they seem fine. But I'm saying like this, the curse is portraying a shitty Joanna Gaines, Chip and Joanna Gaines <clears throat> essentially. I and mean, like, not
0: really. But I mean, there's a ton of sure. those HGTV people. Yeah, they're people, the most famous, and though. they're the most famous. And Chip does a lot, but to I, his face says nothing. Yeah, I know.
1: Chip is like an actual contractor, so they didn't. It's not exactly, but like in general. If you told someone, like, who are they? Like, imagine the worst versions of Chip and Joanna Gaines. Uh, Which is interesting. It's just, like, not enough. There's not enough.
0: Well, see, it's kind of funny because, like, Joanna Gaines, to me, like, I'm watching her, like, hotel redo, which I'm sure. Yeah, you've been
1: back on them lately.
0: Well, no, they just put out a new show. So, like, I'm watching it. And, like, I like Joanna Gaines. She's extremely smart. And, like, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she wants. But sometimes she kind of comes across, like, very, like, I don't want to say unlikable, but like she's just not trying that hard to like put on a show for the camera. Like she's just like doing what she wants to do and it's being filmed. And that's why Chip is like so great because he's really funny and like he like brings out a softer side of her, which I think is like a really great dynamic. But like,
1: I don't Mm. know. That's not
0: this. No. You know what I mean? It's not
1: a one for one. It's just general. Yes. So anyway, we'll see. So
0: I'm I'm also recommending that hotel show. <laughs> okay,
1: true, true. What's it called?
0: Oh god, I have no idea. it's on HBO. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Irma it's new. tends to like, and I kind of agree with her. So the renovation shows, obviously, there's several networks that it's literally nonstop. Irma's an interior designer, as y'all know. But we tend to like the ones that are like one larger project rather than like one episode is somebody's yeah. dining room.
0: Yeah, because we watched that, like, hotel. Sarah's who, And
1: Sarah's Hoose. Yeah. From way back when she would to- redo an entire house. She was Canadian, which is why yeah. she, Sarah's Hoose. Uh, we I miss her. I about
0: her. I do miss her. Yeah, um, I wonder where, where she's up to.
1: Yeah, but, like, it's like, because this one, it's the hotel. is like the whole season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Like, you see a lot of the process. Yeah. So, yeah, that one, too. You snuck in another one. <laughs> Look at you, pro podcaster. So, I have honestly been, just to put a button on it, Every time The Curse comes up I do I say unfortunately I can't recommend it. Like watch it if you want. But we're going to do two shows right now that like definitely watch those before The Curse. Unfortunately. And then Yeah, watch- I would say
0: maybe like wait until all of the episodes are out and if we yeah. like say like oh it ends like really well then sure watch it. I mean if you love Emma Stone then watch it. I do wish it was just shorter, like it's an hour. It should be like 30, 40 minutes max. Yeah,
1: I agree. If like this is what they're doing, the episode should have been like a half an hour.
0: Yeah. All right, moving on.
1: Moving on to Murder at the End of the World, which I think was my number one most excited from November.
0: Mm. Did it live up?
1: I gotta say, I think it is. I think it is living up to what I expected. It is a murder mystery, but it feels like way more than that. And I, again, I don't want to really give anything away so I can't get too detailed, but it, it feels like the perfect murder mystery is. So if we like compare it to, um, a haunting in Venice, which we both didn't like. And that's because there was really nothing to it other than who did it and who did it became pretty obvious and like nothing really mattered. So, for a murder mystery, you have to have either like an excellent whodunit. Like, I think Ryan Johnson has built really good, like, whodunit, really concise, two hours in and out. But to make that into a show is a lot harder to do because you've got to really extend it out. And this show is much more about the characters. And like, who is doing the murdering will be revealed, I assume. Mm-hmm. But like it feels more like um, a a murder drama than a who done it. Full stop. And like they're talking, and then they're bringing out ideas which I expected with Britt Marling, of like what will the future be, and like talking about billionaires and rich people and the economy and society and
0: yeah, how and we're going to survive and
1: technology. It's like within this murdering Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what's going on is like a lot of just conversations and ideas about the future and how the world is going to be.
0: I do find really interesting. Yeah. I'm like a little torn with this show. Like in general, I do enjoy watching it and I am finding it pretty compelling. Um, I just feel like, so this show is like oddly split. There's like a true crime portion and then a murder mystery portion. Um, which just feels slightly odd at times. Um, But then like with the murder mystery, they're like at in the end of the world, I guess you could say like they're in Iceland, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we were introduced to like the people in this hotel pretty early on, but then a lot of them have disappeared, which maybe is intentional. So you'd kind of forget about them, but like, I haven't seen them in so long. And so half the people I'm like, who's this person when they pop back up. So I'm finding that a little tough. Um, but in general, like I am enjoying it. And I, I do like that. It's like kind of a thriller. Yeah. Like it's not like, like just a straight down the middle murder mystery. Like, I don't know. It, yeah, yeah.
1: Two Two episodes ago. Well, actually scenes from this latest episode, but two episodes ago with the whole snow and her and Sean, that was like straight up thriller, like the end of that episode. I think that might have been episode four mm-hmm. or five was like heart pounding. Yeah. Uh, with the helmet and all that.
0: Yeah, it was great.
1: Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it. I like it. The one thing that you said, I think. So the flashbacks where what Irma is calling kind of the um, true crime. It certainly does involve true crime. No denying that. Or, well, fake true crime. But whatever. Uh, that's more of like the love story. Like, filling in the gaps of Bill and Darby. Yep. Like, it doesn't really matter that they're hunting down a killer. It just so happens. And that she's very good at it. We're told. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I just think it, like, fills in the gap. Otherwise, like, we wouldn't realize how much she feels for him.
0: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And it's also, like, not really about, like, who did it. It's mostly about why they did it. Yeah. Which I find, like, actually kind of more interesting. Because at this point, like... I don't know if I care who did it. Cause I don't really know a lot of the people I'm feeling. Um, I feel last episode. Yeah, except Clive, the one
1: that we think did it. We kind yeah, of well, know. I mean, them. who knows? Yeah.
0: But la- in the last episode, we finally got like Clive Owens episode and I thought he was so good. And I'm like, where has he been?
1: Yes. I thought the same thing. So <laughs> I think Emma Korn is doing a very good job playing this like very particular person. So it's hard to judge someone's acting when it's like, okay, the the character is like very specific. I don't, I don't know what direction she got, but like it could be seen as a little flat sometimes. I just yeah. don't know if that's her acting or not. And But then like Clive Owen comes in and just is dropping hammers and he didn't even do that much. I know. And I was like, God damn, this guy is so awesome yeah. at acting. I know I say that a lot where it's like, I don't know why it felt so good. But it felt so good watching well, him in he's also, in a like, few scenes.
0: menacing. Like, yeah. he's scary. Well, he,
1: yeah, he's doing that thing that maybe I celebrate a lot. Where it's like, yeah, he's scary and menacing, but, like, so confident and trustworthy. And at the mm-hmm. same time, like, just so, like, um, uh, competent. Yeah. Like, this competent, scary, potentially genius. He's just great. Uh,
0: yeah, and Darby comes across kind of Dubby. the opposite. Just... You keep doing that. <laughs> kind of the opposite. Like she, I think she's meant to look, cause she also has pink hair. She's yeah. meant to look like young and yeah. like a and well, teenager. That and also, like that she's very young. like, like curious, you know what I mean? Which is all amazing. But yeah, I feel like they're really like setting her apart from everyone else. Anyway.
1: Yeah. yeah no, I think it's I great. Believe, but I agree. You know. Recommend. It's on Hulu. So most of y'all should have that. Very good. And finally, on the TV side, also on Hulu, also on FX, the fifth season of Fargo, starring Juno Temple and John Hamm and several other people, um, uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh and Dave Foley.
0: Did we talk about this one at all?
1: I don't think so. Right. Okay. Maybe Maybe just just to each other. Maybe just the pilot. Hmm. Again, no spoilies. Definitely recommend. Full return to form. It feels like he kind of, Noah Howley, the creator writer, I think, I think he writes it all by himself. I think he's like a Mike White. Mm. It's not like a writer's room, but I might be wrong about that. I think he realized like the Chris Rock uh, season kind of skewed further away from the heart of what Fargo is. Like that Cone brothers, It gets very serious, but there's like a a adjusting at the heart of it uh, and a lot of like odd people getting in odd situations, people getting in above their head and they just they're just pulling it off so well. Juno Temple is absolutely like she is becoming a superstar, although I guess it's still television, but I feel like she got pretty famous from Ted Lasso Mm -hmm. as like, you know, whatever. a a likable pretty thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and now it's like she's really showing her chops it's she's so good
0: so good i love the show honestly juno temple is my favorite part she's so good it's so creative like what she does to like equip the house and i don't know and everything like it's just vibes yeah it's so good um i think i was saying this to you like the only thing that like I bumped on initially is like when you meet like um like Joe Curie's character or like the Who's FBI that? agents. Joe Curie's the son, the the oh the yes, cop. the guy
1: from Stranger Stranger Things. Yeah, the yeah, kid yeah. from Stranger
0: Things. Um, they're just like they start out as caricatures. Like they say, like like Joe Curie. I think he was kind of like he was just like a shithead and spitting. And you're just like oh, like this is just. Like a fake person, but then they've kind of like really done like more to like build who he is. And even the FBI agents, they come in with the dark glasses, like very stoic. They say, I don't know. It's just like very like, okay, like, yes, you're an FBI agent. Like, Mm -hmm. I can tell exactly like what you are and what you're about. And yeah, maybe that's just like shorthand, like, okay, like, you know who they are. Let's get on with it. And yeah, I really like it. And like Jennifer Jason Lee, like her oh, southern accent. She, it's so bizarre, she but is, so good. She
1: is taking the scenes and chewing them up. Yeah. She is like, she was given full reign. I would like I wonder I mean her
0: character doesn't make sense. Yeah, sure. You <laughs> well, know the
1: accent and whatever. Yeah. It's a totally different accent. But she could be from like Texas and moved up sure. there. Sure. Um, I just I wonder, I would like to see Noah Howley and her talk about it. Like who do who Came to the other one with that, like what she's doing. Did she come with that accent and like push it that far? And and the the showrunners were like, "Yup, go with that." Or did they push it on her? Uh, I don't know. She's going. She's going. She's at eleven, and I know. it's great. And
0: that pilot with the guns. Oh, it was hilarious.
1: Yeah, a return to form for Fargo. <laughs> Highly recommend.
0: And then slow horses came back. I know. That wasn't on your list, but anyway, I love it.
1: Yeah, well, we're not far enough into it. I yeah. mean, definitely recommend. It's it's just as good as the the first, just as good so far. Uh, another full disclosure, because I'm an open book. I feel, I have fallen asleep during episode two twice, so. Um,
0: <laughs> that doesn't. I think it's no, so it's, good. It's not because moving. it's boring. Yeah. Sometimes,
1: like after we eat, and it's nine p.m. and it's dark in the room, and like I lay down, and my eyes just start closing. And then, yeah, yeah. So like, I I kind of forget what happened in episode two, but we're going to keep watching it. It's very good. Gary Oldman is. Yeah.
0: I honestly think it's one of my favorite shows. Like, I just thoroughly enjoy it.
1: Yeah. I think it's a, it's a premiere. If you like spy stuff. Yeah. It is the premiere show, I think, because like, it's both super serious And not serious at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Like there's moments that are are
0: genuinely really funny. And I don't know. I love
1: it. It's really well written. Yeah. And that's on Apple. Slow horses. I know a few of you. I know a few of you listeners have started from the beginning. So have fun. Now onto the movies. Another one that we are super excited about. It's on Netflix. Starring Natalie Portman. And
0: Julianne Moore. Julianne
1: Moore <laughs> called May December came out of Sundance, uh, I believe. Irba mentioned that she heard it was very funny. <laughs> it is definitely not.
0: Well, I think like it depends. <laughs> like you can choose to laugh at parts, and sure. like yeah, like
1: uh, it is somewhat satirical at parts. Yeah, it is certainly not a laugh out loud funny. Which, well,
0: I think the ending is like actually kind of laugh out loud funny.
1: I, I'd say more a little bit absurd and also kind of cringy as we're talking about yeah. the curse. Like parts of it were pretty cringy. Um, it was good. I don't think it lived up to the It hype. was like
0: an acting off. I mean, you yeah, get true. Julianne Moore and uh, what's her face? Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Superstar. And they go big. Like they are like... they're like the, the stereotypical actresses that you think of when you're like, like, Oh, woe is me? Or I don't know. (laughs) Like the lisp. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, the lisp. Like it was just crazy. Like they are so over the top as performers. And I loved it. And Charles Melton was so good. He was. And I was so impressed that he was able to hold his own with the two of them. Um, and I think he's like shooting up like I, th- there are talks that he's going to be nominated. Yeah. Um, which is, I find so exciting.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you talk about that. It's kind of a gender swap of the normal, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. hopefully this is signs of the, the future. where like two superstar actresses and the young hot actor, as opposed to like a movie um, like uh, wolves of wall street. That was like, Leonardo DiCaprio and also uh, what's what's Margot Robbie like Margot Robbie was like the young hot thing trying to keep up with these superstar actors it it was the other way around and he did a great job yeah Natalie Natalie Portman is so good she's so good in everything she does it was such an interesting role of like it's like a character study within a character study yeah so she is like doing a character study in the movie but then it's like a character study of her own character Uh, by us the audience is just it was
0: yeah the actress natalie portman was doing a a character study in the movie as she was playing an actress
1: doing a character study yeah yeah it's really interesting i don't it didn't i don't think it lived up to all the hype i agree but it was definitely good and i would recommend it i mean it's on netflix it's two hours of your life on like a friday thursday night uh go nuts
0: yeah i mean the story behind it is so oh so hard to hear and believe that it's based on real things which is crazy anyway
1: next another one Omega Excito Miyazaki's final film we're told who knows called The Boy and the Heron we saw it in the movie theaters in the IMAX theater we saw the Japanese language with the American, the English subtitles Uh, so I think just that little tidbit will color a little bit of our opinion because it might have been different had we just watched the dubbed one?
0: Yeah, I wish we watched the dubbed.
1: I kind of do too. Now that we saw the Japanese one, I just kind of wanted to see like the original version. Uh, but like, but, the,
0: what's so different? It's just the voices. Right. Like, it's not like anything about the actual movie would have changed. Right
1: in animation, it's a lot less, uh, like pressure on. I just don't like in live action. Like oh, of course, the, yeah, live action. They, it doesn't, the I lips mean, don't line up. I mean, I think in
0: general, we would go like the subtitles no matter what. Yeah. But in, for this, I just felt like there was so much reading and then like I was like not looking at the actual like animation. And so it was just like a lot to do. Um, I'm going to say like this is definitely not my favorite Miyazaki film or Studio Ghibli film. It was good. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was okay.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. It wasn't bad, certainly. It just, I think this kind of happens with a lot of his movies. He seems like a crazy person who has a lot of ideas. And now at this point, nobody is editing him.
0: Well, this is also supposedly his most personal story. This is like his most mm. autobiographical story. Um, so his mother died. Yes, that's like a known thing. And I think like he puts that into a lot of his movies Yeah, I and mean, then his dad like moved into kid. the country and like, anyway, so I think this is like pretty autobiographical, maybe the beginning, which is why they spent so long in that beginning part. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I just think so without, I could go longer if we start to get into details. Um, but it kind of remind. it was kind of like your classic uh, Narnia film. Um, what I gave another example that was similar to that, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, Hmm.
0: where
1: it's like a child who's gone through something pretty awful, deals with it through magic, let's call it. I don't, you know, you don't know what actually happened. Um, but this, the magic that happened, I didn't think was that compelling. Like the world that they went into other than it looking cool and like being like, oh, that's interesting. Like, oh, a bunch of parakeets. That's yeah, the birds.
0: It was way too much for so me. many
1: birds for, for and like Uma. the
0: bird man thing. Yeah. I did not like that.
1: Um, but like a like it didn't feel like it tied back enough to the real world. It was just kind of a lot of random stuff being thrown at this kid who then learned a lesson. But like it did like, you know, that that all happening didn't feel like the story didn't lead to the lesson. It just kind of happened. Yeah. So yeah it's it's good again i kind of wish that we were able to just see it with the english dub so we can just watch without having to read um and then like so just sometimes it's just like a having the the, the japanese actors and when you don't know what they're saying so it's all just sounds to you mm-hmm. and then you're reading it like it all starts to sound very similar because it's just them speaking japanese and obviously we don't know what they're saying um, so if it was like words that we can understand, maybe the emotion would have hit harder, uh, as a, like That's it, true. it had a similar, like the, the, uh, what we were actually hearing was like very one note. Cause it's just noise when you mm-hmm. don't know the language. Uh, so yeah, if you're going to see it, which you should, it's his last movie. It's freaking legendary. Well,
0: I mean, who knows if it's, his last. yeah,
1: I mean, he's old. Uh, but yeah, I'd say, and most likely what would what it, whatever will be streaming? Like if it's on max or something, it'll just be the English language one. With Christian Bale and like famous people. It's not like a bullshit dub. And. Next. Irma's going to do this one because she came out of it saying she friggin loved it. Again, another mega excited. I think it was our most excited. Speaking of Emma Stone. Emma Stone's newest project with Yorgos Lanthimos called Poor Things. Irma, what did you think of Poor Things without? Spoiling anything.
0: Yeah, this was definitely my favorite movie of the year.
1: Wow, definitely now. Definitely. Walking out, she said, might be.
0: I loved it. I really loved it. It is wacky. It is bizarre. I definitely do not want to tell you anything else about it. And it was really funny. Like, way funnier than I expected it to be. Um, There were, like, some really fun cameos Uh, I just, yeah, I just thought the world he created was amazing and so beautiful. And Emma Stone was just amazing.
1: I agree. I definitely recommend it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie of the year. I don't think I liked it as much as you, but that is Picking Knits. It was definitely very good. The sets and the costume design and and everything. Oh my
0: God, it was so beautiful. It was like
1: like, um, Wes Anderson or what? Greta Gerwig did with Barbie where like nothing was real, like everything they built and it's in a soundstage somewhere. Mm mm-hmm. uh, No, I don't I don't even think there was an exterior that was real, uh, which is really cool. Like it was very specific. It looked awesome. The acting was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it felt like like a fable. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like,
1: I think that's what they were going yeah. for. Yeah. Um, my tiny nitpicks, without again talking actual details, I actually don't think it was funny enough. Mm. Like, it was definitely funny. Like, ha ha ha! I giggled a little bit, but it wasn't like laugh out loud funny. And then there wasn't enough plot points.
0: What do you mean? Like,
1: not, like it just not enough happened. Like, and it was again too long. Two hours and oh, 20 minutes. You could have easily shaved 15 minutes off. I don't know why every single movie is so long. Yeah. These days. Uh, but still really good. Like uh, top tier. It's going to get nominated. It was really good. Another feather in the cap of Yorgos and Emma Stone just being just being the best.
0: Yeah. And I think this was based off a of book. Right? Yes,
1: it was. Yeah. Which I cannot imagine. I know. Like the book must be different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because obviously like what the visual styling is so much of this movie. And without that, like the, it just must be so. Yeah. Visually. It
0: was like, it was the best thing. It was so cool to watch or to look at.
1: Okay. Two more quickies. We watched it last night. Leave the world behind. Sam Esmail's newest movie movie with Julia Roberts, uh, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, and uh, Mahala. I guess she's going by now. She no longer uses her last name. She's going for the uh, Zendaya, I guess. Um, The lead girl from industry, which we've talked about a few different times. Uh, She was also in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. She's great. I'll just start with this one. And I think you're going to say the same thing. I liked this a lot more than I thought. Actually, you know what? I didn't. I liked it just as much as I thought it was going to. The reason why my expectations were slightly lowered is because the general public seems like wishy-washy on it. Like mm-hmm. I've seen just based on scores, which are, you know, who knows uh, the scores, the numbers are lower than what I thought a Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Sam Smith thriller would be, but I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. Um, I loved like some smells like camera for- flourishes, especially in the beginning. It's all it very disorienting. Very,
1: you said showy. You said it, yeah. was, it was really, there. were, he was really going for it in the keep your vision captivated. Like the, and the mute, lots of music.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. And Julia Roberts, like if you haven't watched it yet, like her part is pretty tough. And like, you'd have to get a Julia Roberts-like person to be able to do that because you still want to like her. You know what I mean? But she's kind of an awful person. Well, not even kind of. She is an awful person. I don't know. It's just so good. And actually, I was listening to something or I listened to an interview with Sam Esmo and he was saying that like the original... Uh, so Denzel Washington was originally cast to play in G.H., uh, Mahershala Ali's character, But I really did think Mahershala was amazing. I just love him.
1: He does a more stoic. Mm -hmm. I wonder Denzel uh, would have gone bigger. Maybe. Usually. Who knows, of course. but um,
0: You're saying he's like a Julianne Moore?
1: Yeah. Um, No, I'm saying he's like a... um,
0: Natalie Portman.
1: No, who's that? Nicole Kidman.
0: Oh, yes.
1: She is an over-the-top actress as well. They go big. But sometimes, well, most of the time it works um but yeah i love marshall he was so good and uh, yeah it it was really good i think i haven't really read or listened to any of the people that were like a little bit lower on it i'm not gonna i i could understand a few people being annoyed by a certain aspect of it which i'm not gonna say because that it'll spoil things um but maybe we can talk a little bit more in depth but I did love like the ambiguity
0: of like what is happening. I thought this movie was genuinely terrifying. Yeah. And it really like played off of what we have all been through with like the pandemic and like us not knowing what is going on and obviously like made it a million times worse. Yeah. I just thought this was great.
1: Yeah. I really liked it. Good job. Everyone involved.
0: Oh, and I don't know if this really matters, but Mahala's character in the book is actually like the, like it was supposed to be Mahershala's wife. Huh. But he, I guess Sam Esmail wants to bring like a younger generation into the story. So
1: I think that was a wise choice. Mm. She did a great job. She's always good. Uh, and then finally, just from Zach, I've watched a few not brand new movie. Well, actually two of them are new. So in the Excitometer, we talked about kind of the Christmas horror movies in It's a Wonderful Knife and The Sacrifice Game, both are currently on Shudder. So if you have Shudder, you can watch them. I would say The Sacrifice Game is better. It's a Wonderful Knife is a lot more fun, though. So it depends what you're looking for. Uh, Justin Long in It's a Wonderful Knife it go, go, it goes hard. At They're just having a good time. Um, the Sacrifice Game did a cool thing of kind of mashing up two different horror tropes into one story. It's like a home invasion type thing. And then a a demon situation, uh, which is really good. The downside of the downfall of that is when you put so much weight on such a young actress, it's always like, it's always like you you never know what you're going to get. She did a really good job, but she is also still just a kid. So like, who knows if they made that girl, um, you know, some 19 year old, Potentially could have been better, but she did a great job for however old she is as a as this young girl. Uh, and then one thing I really loved that I watched on Showtime was called The Civil Dead, which is starring uh, two comedians. So it's Whitmer Thomas, who is a stand-up. We watched. I don't know if you remember it, but he's very funny. And then uh, Clay Tatum, which is this is kind of like the biggest first thing he's done. And I I assume he's also. A comedian, but this is like an indie movie. But Whitmer Thomas plays a ghost. Mm. But like in the most like indie comedy way, it was really, really good. Highly recommend The Civil Dead. It's on Showtime. So again, I assume it's on Paramount Plus. Um, but it, it was really good. It came out last year. And that's it. How many did we recommend? Lots of movies. Now let's get to the good stuff. We are talking. Oscars. And The double G is the G squared golden globes in all this. you know, it's all one conversation. How do you want to, you want to blow through the golden globe nominations first, or just talk about the Oscar.
0: Whatever you Uh, think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, who, what crazy nominations did the golden globes make?
1: I don't know. Nothing crazy. I don't think unless I'm seeing something.
0: Well, it's also, (laughs) it's not technically the same organization behind it anymore. So, yeah, maybe they're trying to be more prestige now, who knows, even though I kind of liked the wackiness of the Golden Globe,
1: yes, sometimes you get some weird ones. There's nothing weird i don't I don't see in the in the best pictures either ones. Uh, the only thing well, is that
0: say are are you going to go through sure no?
1: in drama best motion motion picture drama. so obviously, or if you don't know, the Golden Globe splits movies into drama and comedy mute slash musical. Uh, so it does open the door for. Some weirder things often uh, and also allows people that are definitely not going to win the Oscar, but did a fantastic job in something you deem a comedy can win an award. So in the drama, the prestige, we got Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest and Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, Interestingly, Oppenheimer is the only major studio movie in that whole set. So we have Apple, Netflix, two A24s, and one Neon. So mm. that's interesting.
0: And Oppenheimer <clears throat> will probably
1: win. And Oppenheimer will definitely win. It seems like Oppenheimer's and It's kind of year, nice that
0: they do break it up, at least in the Globes, because Barbie and Oppenheimer can win.
1: That is true. So we can get to the best picture, musical, or comedy. We have Barbie, Poor Things, which we just discussed. American Fiction, which we have not seen. The Holdovers, which we loved. May December, which we just discussed, and Air, which we saw several months ago.
0: That's kind of a strange one, Air.
1: Yeah, I think this is where kind of the making something designated as a comedy allows Air to get in.
0: So no color purple, we haven't seen that yet. No color purple, and no true. Willy Wonka.
1: So that. No Wonka. Uh, so
0: you have to get your hopes <laughs> lowered for Willy I Wonka. I never thought
1: Willy Wonka was going to be <laughs> nominated. No Spider Man. But oh, like, yeah,
0: across the spider. I first. don't know. That's
1: the th- like, what would you categorize it as?
0: So I know that the Globes also um, added, I think, two new categories. One of them being like box off, best box office or something like that. So who knows? Maybe they even tried to like expand it even more unless like some movies overlap in that. I don't really know how they determine. Because there were a lot of good box office movies this year.
1: It's the last thing. They're just calling it cinematic and box office achievement. Okay. So is that just going to be most? So Barbie's going to win because it made the most money?
0: I see. I don't know how they're doing it. I I don't think Barbie made the most money. Didn't Mario Brothers make the most? No,
1: Barbie smoked it. Barbie ate its lunch. But also more interesting about the Golden Globes, although not as prestigious, more actors get nominated. So again, because they split it up, um, someone, so like Margot Robbie and Carrie Mulligan can win.
0: The only thing, so they do split the the lead actors and actresses, but they don't do it with the supporting, which I find kind of interesting. It
1: is weird. So we can just go through them since we're talking about it. Best performance by an actress in a drama motion picture. Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall. Annette Bening for Niad, Greta Lee for Past Lives, and Kaylee Spaney for Priscilla.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And if we're talking Oscars as well, I feel like this is very similar, except Emma Stone will get in there for sure. And yeah, I'm
0: surprised she's not in that. Well,
1: she's in comedy. Oh,
0: all right. Okay, sorry.
1: Comedy or musical ones are Fantasia Barrino for The Color Purple, Jennifer Lawrence for No Hard Feelings. I guess that one is kind of the weird one. Um, not that she did a bad job, just like she's definitely not in the Oscar talks. Uh, but it's nice that like something that's just a straight up comedy can get some love, even though she's like a previously super nominated actress, which is the only reason why.
0: Well, something that the Globes are notorious for is nominating celebrities because they want celebrities at their show.
1: True. They're so. often the ones also that kind of crown the ingenue first. So like Jennifer Lawrence won first there. Yeah. Emma Stone won first there. <clears throat> things like that. Uh, Natalie Portman for May, December Alma something for fallen leaves. I don't even know what that is. Sorry. Margot Robbie for Barbie and Emma Stone for poor things. That's a pretty crazy one.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: I think honestly, So I kind of came to the conclusion that I think Carrie Mulligan is deaf is. Well, definitely winning the globe. Even though we haven't seen it, I've just never
0: people want Lily Gladstone, and there's a huge backing for her,
1: true. That might get a lot of love. Um, I've just never heard so obviously, Oscar voting and such is a lot of campaigning. And I have never heard a movie campaign so hard for its lead actress as Maestro is doing. Like in every commercial, every ad read on a podcast, it's like Bradley Cooper's maestro with the stunning performance by Carrie Mulligan. Like that's in the copy that they're sending out. Yeah. And it's like everybody, all the posters want to highlight how good Carrie Mulligan is. Mm-hmm. which like, I've never seen before. Obviously people like you hear the whispers, but it's like every commercial is just talking about how good she is.
0: Well, I think and now like they're just being just more overt suit. about it, especially because like this campaign season is like, yeah, shorter apparently. So
1: so on Gold Derby, Carrie Mulligan is number three with the odds for Best Actress at the Oscars. Who's number one and two? Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone, but very close. Those two are very close to each other in odds. Um, then Sandra Huller and then Margot Robbie.
0: Even uh, though I loved, obviously, Emma Stone, I don't think they're going to give her her second Oscar. No, it's, too, yeah. it's too
1: weird. This was It was a weird one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I could definitely see Lily Gladstone winning that. She was, uh, yeah. Well, this is kind of what we were just talking about. Like Lily Gladstone, relative unknown, Mm -hmm. competing against Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. Yeah. And like hold up, like more than holding up next to them. Yeah. uh, Being way more compelling, honestly. Uh, But I've shared my thoughts on Killers of the Flower Moon. It was fine. Uh, And then, yeah, I feel like it's got to be all right. But then the Emma Stone versus Margot Robbie at the Globes for comedy. And Natalie Portman is in there too. And then potentially Fantasia for like the color purple could sneak in as being like, well, none of those people can sing like what she did, you know? Um,
0: Guarantee you Jennifer Lawrence wins this one. <laughs> That would
1: be pretty wild. <laughs> that would be pretty wild. I mean, No Hard Feelings was good. Yeah. It's, that would be weird. Two
0: ah. movies where women get uh, completely naked.
1: It's true. Emma, St- Emma Stone was uh, next level, though. If yeah. if there's if there's more reason for people to maybe go see Poor Things, Emma Stone's naked like the whole freaking time. <laughs> it's crazy. I thought it was like one scene.
0: I thought it was only one scene, it's also. So much, but it is it is so the much. whole movie. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: I think Margot Robbie wins the Globe, and then we'll see about the Oscars. I don't think she has a chance at the Oscars, unfortunately. I think Emma Stone wins the Globe. It's possible. Uh, Well, yeah, but right, because it used to be that a lot of them were European. So obviously, Yorgos Lanthimos would have a little bit more sway, maybe. Mm -hmm. But now are they still not even European? Like, who is doing the voting now?
0: Well, see, no one ever knew
1: But they were definitely European. I
0: think they were from all over the world. I don't think they were just European.
1: So, see, that would be an interesting one. And then for the men, drama, we have Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Leo for Killers. Coleman Domingo for Rustin, which we haven't watched. It's on Netflix, so we have to watch it. Andrew Scott for All of Us Strangers, which is not out yet, uh, but we'll definitely see when it's out. And then Barry Keoghan for Saltburn. And then for musical comedy, The Men, we got Nicolas Cage for Reem scenario, Timothy Chalamet for Wonka, Matt Damon in air, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, Joaquin for Bo's Afraid, not Napoleon, and... Jeffrey Wright for American fiction. So this will also be an interesting one, but I feel like uh, Oppenheimer just sweeps everything and Killian Murphy wins this for the dramas and then for comedy. I don't even know. This is where, this is where the globes like sometimes there's a category that's just not like none of these people.
0: I say Jeffrey Wright. Probably Jeffrey people Wright. People are yeah, American praising fiction. him.
1: Because then on the Oscar side, Jeffrey Wright is in the talks. Yeah. Whereas most of those other people aren't on the comedy side, although Paul Giamatti still is. Um, But on the uh, Oscar side, the odds wise on goldderby.com, Killian Murphy is number one, then Bradley Cooper, then Paul Giamatti, Leo. Was
0: Bradley nominated for The Globe? Yeah. Oh, he was. Okay.
1: Then Coleman Domingo is up there too, as is Andrew Scott uh that is where i think it 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 probably drops off any any possibility apparently napoleon's not that great for joaquin uh zach efron is number nine but like way down there uh but that'll be fun we haven't seen that yet on the the iron claw but i'm excited for that one
0: yeah when we were when we went to see uh poor things was it yeah poor Mm -hmm. things Zach went to the bathroom and they played the Iron Claw trailer. And I swear I just watched the whole
1: movie. Trailers suck. Yeah. Just get do more teasers, people, marketing folks. Like tease. Just show a scene of Zach Efron sweating in a ring and then like hugging Jeremy Allen White. And that's all we need. We don't need like the plot. Who cares? Like a true thing. saw have the whole, the whole plot. thing yeah um i'm sure there's more stuff oh, just try and make yourself forget that's what i always try to do forget forget
0: do you want so what's for best picture what was it on gold derby
1: oh you're right i didn't do that but like i have been um i here's so we can just we can just have this conversation i well as it stands right now and obviously a lot could change when is it march yeah um I just think Oppenheimer is going to win so much.
0: Yeah, I think so also. Oppenheimer is going to
1: win Best Picture. Uh, I don't really think there's much competition. Like, uh, I think the biggest competition is Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's it's fine. Like, it's not as, it's nowhere near as good. Just like, cinematically, acting, writing. Uh, it's not bad, but it's like, it's just like, I think it'll be fairly forgotten. That's my opinion. Uh, Oppenheimer was like it just kind of has everything that an Oscar movie wants while being this Christopher Nolan still making it wildly thrilling for a movie where it's just like a bunch of nerds talking. Yeah. Like a bunch of guys just talking about science and potentially the end of the world. But
0: like why is Oppenheimer okay? Like in the discourse of things like this man set off an atomic bomb which ultimately led to a ton of people dying Yeah, and then Killers of the Flower Moon it's not that different it's like also a part of American history where a lot of Native American people died based on these men's actions like it's kind of similar in that way and so like why are people like holding up Oppenheimer to be this great triumph and Killers of the Flower Moon they're like oh how insensitive it's like
1: are they saying that
0: I mean I don't know I feel like there is I
1: just think one was kind of boring (laughs) and then another one was wildly thrilling Okay. That's my opinion. They're both, yeah, they're similarly about not great white men. One of them did something pretty incredible that led to something very horrible. The other two were just kind of pieces of shit.
0: Okay. I'm just um, saying.
1: But yeah, I mean, the, yeah.
0: I mean, I also agree that Oppenheimer is going to win very easily at this point, unless like Maestro is like amazing or unless something else like comes out. Um
1: yeah, and it's, and the fact that it made nine hundred million dollars, it's like both a celebration of like what movies can do in the discourse, and like it it triumph in that way it made a shit ton of money. Like it, it just kind of has everything for it. It's a director that everybody loves, but hasn't been celebrated because he's mostly a genre director. So the first time he didn't do genre, just like here we go, give it to you, baby. Uh, but behind those two, we have poor things. Number three. Mm. Uh, which I again uh, ha- definitely nominated. Happy, it's there. I say, it's,
0: poor things wins. I'm changing my nomination. It's
1: like well, everything everywhere all at once last year was against not against something as massive as Oppenheimer or Barbie. Like everything everywhere all at once comes out this year, it's not winning. That's just kind of what happens. Poor things is even weirder. Just like because because of what it's about, yeah, way weirder. Very interesting, but really weird. Barbie, I'm here for it. I would not be mad if Barbie takes out Oppenheimer. That that I think is the actual competition. I agree. Not Killers of the Flower Moon. It's Barbie making like Greta Gerwig made an just so good out of like you would never think a Barbie movie would be this good. Talk about hilariously funny. We're talking about poor things being funny and odd. But like Barbie was Tacklingly funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, then we have the holdovers: Maestro, American Fiction, Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, Color Purple, Zone of Interest, and then I think that's it. We have Air, May December. I don't think any of those have a chance of winning, but we'll see which one of those actually get in. The one thing that I think will be kind of universally talked about as like, should it or shouldn't it be in the fold? is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I think anybody that's having a conversation about Best Picture well, is going to say... Boy in the
0: Heron, too, no? Uh,
1: yeah, not even, not even close to on this list, but also it just came out, so I don't know what, if things have to be updated. Um, but yeah,
0: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I think, should definitely
1: be in there. I agree. And I, it
0: sucks, too, because of the animation award will probably go to Boy and the Heron. Not I that it sucks, so. but like...
1: I I honestly don't think like I think Spider-Verse is a shoe in like not not as many people are going to see Boy in the Heron although I guess Spider-Verse was a little while ago so you might forget they're going to have to do a um, what do they call it for your information no for your your consideration campaign for sure Uh, but I think they should start pushing it harder to just get into best picture I think it was one of the it's going to be one of my favorite movies of the year when we talk about that probably next episode. Um, It was just, it's fantastic. It was visually stunning. It took like five years for them to make. It was incredible. So I think everybody, when the nominations finally do come out and it's not there, it will be the number one, like snub. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, we haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall, American Fiction, Maestro, or Color Purple or Zone of Interest. So the bottom of this pile, we got to catch up. The only one we have seen is Past Lives which I understand will definitely get nominated and is fine. It won't win.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) I thought it was beautiful. Yeah,
1: sure. Uh, And then, okay, back to the Golden Globes, just to close it out for the supporting role, which, again, Irma already pointed out that they don't split. I guess it's just just too many awards. The award shows are long long enough. Because the Golden Globes also does television, which we're not even going to talk about right now. Unless we are. Nah, we're going long enough. For the actresses, supporting actress is Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, Jodie Foster in Nyad, Julianne Moore in May, December, Rosamund Pike in Saltburn, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Again, another kind of star-studded affair. And I think it's going to be Divine Joy, and that's going to be wonderful.
0: I'm actually kind of surprised by this, like, supporting actress. Like, I just feel like yeah, like it honestly could be anyone's.
1: It certainly could when you have... Ro- Julianne Moore is very rarely nominated for supporting because mm. she's almost always the lead. Uh, same with Jodie Foster when she's yeah. in things. So it's two kind of legends in a, in a category they're not normally in. Uh, Emily Blunt, who's kind of becoming a superstar in her own right. Uh, and then like somewhat lesser known. Rosamund I- Pike is is in and out of Yeah, lots and I don't think
0: it's a secret that I adore Emily Blunt, um my best friend that we like met up for dinner the other day, but I hated her in Oppenheimer. I think it was <gasps> a terrible role. And Oh, uh, well, you
1: didn't hate her, you just didn't like that she was just the wife.
0: Well, I yeah, I just I just think they did her so dirty.
1: It is odd that she's getting so many performance talks when it was just kind of like an also rand role. But we do love Emily Blunt and we love her to win uh, awards.
0: Yeah, I'll let her know next time I see her.
1: <laughs> yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, we saw her at dinner once. <laughs> and uh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, but Divine Joy Randolph from The Holdovers has been getting a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And she is, let me scroll down, also the odds-on favorite for the Oscar. Uh, she was really good in The Holdovers, kind of like the centering heart of the whole thing.
0: You didn't uh, like her, I thought.
1: No, I just didn't like that. She was fudging a Boston accent and like on and off. That's that was all. Like she was Well, would that's say,
0: part of acting and clearly people. <clears throat> love yeah, but it, she would so. do like she
1: would do like three words and then the rest of it was just normal. It was like I don't know. either do the heard accent or any don't do the talks accent.
0: About her accent
1: so. Um and then Daniel Brooks is number two, Emily Blunt is number three, Jodie Foster, Julianne Moore, uh Tarashi P. Henson in the color purple, Penelope Cruz from Ferrari. Uh, America Ferrara and Barbie. And Rosamund Pike is a little further down in the Gold Derby talks. Uh, yeah, so I think it's Divines. It's Divines.
0: Yeah, I think it's Divines also.
1: And for the boys, we've got Willem Dafoe in Poor Things, De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon, Downey in Oppenheimer, Gosling and Barbie, Woo! Charles Melton, previously discussed in May, December, and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. And once again, an absolute
0: yeah this is stacked.
1: star-studded affair and People, for some reason robert downey jr is going to win this award yeah and not
0: ryan gosling ryan gosling i think it should be ryan gosling
1: it should 100% but be also, ryan gosling but also i think
0: ryan gosling doesn't do the fyc campaigns like he doesn't get out there and really like push himself
1: yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna juice everyone up like Downey will yeah Downey can entertain so that's a room
0: tough but i do think like it should be uh i'm just ken i think it really should be Ryan right i really
1: never understood the so when oppenheimer first came out when when you when people weren't talking about just how much money it was making with barbie uh the talk was like oh robert downey jr is just winning supporting actor it's like it's like, again, one of those things that happens every year. There's always one where it's like the race is just done. Like that person's winning. Nobody even talks about it. Uh, it's just every award just goes to it because it's easy to just okay, be like, okay, and I vote if you have a vote. It's like, yeah, Robert Downey, good good. The career. only thing
0: about that is that it could get stale and then like at these smaller awards, like other people can pick up momentum. Sure, so. like
1: what happened last year with Cate Blanchett.
0: Yeah, like the fact that um, Charles Melton has like won a couple of awards, like oh, that's momentum. actually Yeah, Yeah. like that's actually like really good for him. I don't think he's going to win the Oscar, but the fact that like I think it will solidify a nomination, the fact that he's, yeah, being talked about. So,
1: yeah. So in Gold Derby, uh, he's number five. It is Downey, De Niro, Ruffalo, Gosling and Charles Melton.
0: Oh, so no Defoe.
1: Defoe is sixth. So, Mm. you know. That's who knows. And then Colman Domingo from the color purple in two different movies this year. Coleman, yeah. Good job. And Sterling K. Brown, American fiction, uh, Dominic Sessa, the kid from the holdovers is in talks too. But I feel like if they're going to give it to a, an ingenue, an ingenue, uh, it's going to be Charles. You Milton. love
0: this ingenue concept. It's a thing. I just, don't. it's a thing.
1: Look at this list.
0: Who cares? And then there's
1: one young guy that's never been in anything that you know of. And he's handsome. He was
0: in Riverdale.
1: Oh wow!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, yeah. that show was insanely so, yeah, popular. Yeah, but like when somebody
1: graduates to the next level and they're young, they're an ingenue. He
0: was also in like History of the World Part Two. I remember that episode. I was like, oh, he's cute.
1: Ooh. <laughs> uh, but I think I like. It's crazy. Ryan Gosling came into this world as this indie actor that was doing all this weird stuff uh, like half Nelson is like a drug addict uh, teacher. Was it Lars and the real girl? He's doing all this weird stuff. He's like the guy that is just going to be in awesome movies. He also happens to be a beautiful human being. Then he starts doing a little bit bigger things. He gets very famous probably because again, he's a very handsome man. And then He is cast as Ken. People doubt it. They're like, oh, who knows? Maybe, maybe they forget that he started as the best actor and he put in the performance of the decade. Like it was he was incredible. Nobody else could have done that in every other category. Everybody else could do like Robert Downey Jr. Anybody on this list could do sit at a table and yell at Killian Murphy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think Robert Downey deserves this as much as Ryan Gosling.
1: I just don't understand. It's gonna make me annoyed. I'm gonna
0: Well then you do the FYC campaign for Ryan Gosling.
1: Get Gosling his Oscar for being Ken.
0: Do it. (laughs) You gotta get out there. Not
1: for his like weird indie stuff that he used to do. Yeah, I don't know. That that's the one that's gonna annoy me. Everything else is fine. Uh, and then director, I guess, is an also an interesting race because it's, again, Martin Scorsese versus Christopher Nolan and Bradley Cooper. Uh, but again, there, it's just because Nolan's going to get it. He's the best. It was great. Uh, but for officially, Bradley Cooper is nominated. The nominations, Bradley Cooper, Greta Gerwig, Yorgos Lanthimos, Christopher Nolan, Scorsese and uh, Celine Song for Past Lives, which oh, is very amazing. nice. That's good. Two women.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: There's six nominees. No Coppola, but
0: that's okay.
1: No Coppola, but yeah, apparently it's not that great. Uh, Priscilla. Uh, And then on Gold Derby, they have screenplays too. We can get to that at a later date. Yeah, let's
0: not get into the weeds.
1: Uh, Gold Derby, Christopher Nolan, Scorsese, Yorgos Lanthimos, Greta Gerwig, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Alexander Payne for The Holdovers. Uh, Justine Triet for Anatomy of a Fall and then Celine Song. So we'll see. The Oscars is set. And and then Bradley Cooper. He's he's number nine on Gold Derby. Oh, wow. Uh, and then Cord Jefferson from American Fiction, which is an interesting one. Kind of a first time director.
0: The ingenue, as you would say? The
1: ingenue, except he's like not that young. But I did learn. I did learn that that American Fiction was produced by um, Ryan Johnson and his a product, new production company so he made that all happen and gave core jefferson the the chance and apparently it's really good hmm. uh so we'll see about that but yeah it uh as a whole right now on december 12th christopher nolan is going to be the guy that's getting thanked constantly like they're going to win a lot of stuff and it, they're going to be looking at him and be like chris nolan you changed my life i love you Let's go. And he's going to win so much, uh, except for the acting stuff. Uh, And but also. I don't know. Production and costume
0: could be poor things. Poor things? Costume
1: for sure. Well, I don't
0: know. Barbie too,
1: though. All right. Barbie.
0: This is a tough year. It's
1: going to be a weird year. Uh, You're right. Because like the Nolan thing is not his normal Nolan thing where it's like every below the line Mm. award is going to that because it's this crazy action flick that's like epically directed and, and, and shot and all that. Uh, so I don't know, like cinematography, who knows? We'll see. But yeah, Zach, cool. this is the official start of the Ryan Gosling Oscar campaign. Ryan, if you need someone to yell at whoever you need to, call me up, Zachary Hoffman, talkintent at gmail.com. I got you, bud. That's it. Uh, and next next episode, I think we're only going to do one more this year. And next episode is going to be our best of the year. We started this year because the podcast started this year. I know crazy. It sounds like it feels like we have been doing it forever. Uh, but our first episode was the what we loved the most from the previous year. We're going to do that next week before the year ends. We're going to give our top five shows, movies, uh, whatever else comes up. Who knows? Um, So look forward to that. That's always a fun thing to do. Kind of look back at the entire year. And yeah, that's it.
0: Thank you to John Welsh for our intro and outro music. And thank you to Craig for the production assistance.
1: Please subscribe again. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a coworker, tell someone you hate, tell someone you love. Uh, Do they like movies? Do they like TV? Everybody does. They watch a lot. Everybody watches a lot of things. Every time you ever talk or get in a group with anybody, everybody says, Oh, did you watch this? It's a time filler. It's something to talk about. You could be like, yeah, you know what? My favorite new podcast, Talk Intent, hosted by Zach and Irma. You might like it. They really get in depth. They have, they're funny. We have a good time. They love each other. Listen to it. Check it out. Talk Intent. Tell your friends. Thank you very much. From our living room to yours, what do you want to watch?